Hi, this is Alyssa McNamara-Reed, and I will be your host for the next two hours. Allow me to introduce myself. I am a certified financial planner practitioner and an investment advisor. I am co-owner of McNamara Financial Services, Inc. in Marshfield, Massachusetts. McNamara Financial is a federally registered investment advisor, and by my definition anyway, is a true family business. We work with clients like you every day, regular people that need help making sound financial decisions or people that want one less thing to worry about. I work with clients for a fee based on assets that I manage or an hourly or flat fee for creating financial plans. I am not compensated via commissions unless I have the pleasure of helping someone with their insurance needs. There are some things worth paying for and perhaps a lifetime of financial security is one of them. I of course cannot guarantee that working with me will ensure a secure financial future. McNamara on Money has been a call-in talk radio show since 1990. I love hearing from listeners and there truly are no dumb questions. In fact, I like the simple questions because everyone should have the answer to those. Just don't call me asking for the next hot investment or which market is going to outperform this year. Number one, that's not the nature of this show. And number two, I have no idea. Any advice I give to a caller is meant to be generic in nature and should be verified with his or her own financial professionals. You will hear about a variety of topics on this show that relate to investments and personal finance. We try to cover topics that people can relate to regardless of their net worth or financial situation. And of course, we try to keep it interesting. I would crunch numbers for two hours or spreadsheet cash flows because I'm a total math nerd, but that wouldn't much make for good radio. Instead, I choose to educate people on topics surrounding big financial events in life, like marriage and divorce, kids in college, death of a loved one, career changes, and of course, retirement. I once heard that it is a smart man that knows what he doesn't know. I'm sure it was my dad that said that, and I'm also sure that it applies to women. That is why I invite guests onto my show that have expertise in different areas also related to personal finance. I feel it's important to note that the opinions of these professionals are not necessarily the opinions of McNamara Financial or any of its advisors. As long as we are on the subject of disclosure, I should note that while we may discuss investments and or markets on this show, that past performance is not indicative of future results. Thanks for tuning in. So, so first off, uh, you know, we're going to be talking about, uh, well, we're going to do, be doing a lot of bashing of the, of the financial news, I think. That's, that's sort of primary on our agenda. That's my uh, job. I, I know that you have a bunch of articles. You're probably going to read through a bunch, talk about some headlines, and, uh, and, and just you know, try to educate educate listeners about what they should and shouldn't pay attention to when it comes to the financial news media. We've, you know, we speak about it, you know, it seems like almost every time we talk, uh, certainly in, you know, in difficult times like these, that the financial news media is, is not necessarily trying to help. They are trying to sell ads and, and these days that means clicks. And so they are mostly trying to scare you. That's just, that's, that's what they get paid for. That's how, that's their business model. So, it, you know, we, we, we don't need to bash them too much, but uh, that's just, they're following their incentive and their incentive is to make money, not necessarily to help investors through difficult times. So we're going to go through a bunch of articles and, and talk about, you know, what's, you know, what to try to help people navigate that world. And, and you know, it's, it's hard to tell people just don't read the news because that's, uh, it's so easy to, you know, to grab on your phone or on your computer or your tablet these days that it's not realistic for most people to just not read the news. So we want to go through a bunch of articles and just help people to be able to see through it. I guess that's the best way to put it. Uh, and we're also going to spend some time, and we'll probably go back and forth here. Uh, we're going to spend some time on uh, going through some market volatility scenarios and just talking about volatility in general. Obviously, there's lots going on the past month or so, and uh, we'll take some time uh, going through what various 
investments have returned returned and talking about portfolios and portfolio strategy and just trying to you know get people set up and and obviously along the way we'll we'll uh we'll do a lot of reminding of folks that the best thing that most people can probably do right now is nothing uh, assuming you had a good investment strategy in place uh the vast vast majority of folks should just be sticking with it because hopefully it was appropriate to begin with okay uh that's fine and by the way uh listeners uh we would be happy to uh trash our entire discussion topics here this morning and answer your phone calls if you have some questions about all this uh so if you are a listener and you have a financial related question here uh there was never a better time to pick up the telephone and uh, give us a holler here and maybe we can help you out or calm you down or make some sense of this our, our number here is nine seven eight four five four four nine eight oh uh, and, uh, you know, if you were ever going to ask somebody about money, it might be a financial advisor. Uh, you know, you should be listening to your president. You should be listening to your governor and you should be listening to your financial advisor. And uh, hopefully it's not yourself, but we'll see where that goes. So once again, 781, I'm sorry, 978 454 49 And by the way, if you're listening to us uh, in the South Shore area, McNamaraOnMoney.com, and there's questions. Or you can just email your question to questions at McNamaraOnMoney.com. All right. Wonderful. Do you want to? Okay. So, do you want to kick us off? And it would, again, it would be just want to reiterate. It would be great to get a phone call or two here. I mean, we 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 know from talking to people over the past month uh, that there are people who are nervous out there. And uh, if you want to give us a ring and hopefully have us make you feel a bit better, uh, give a, you know, reach out nine seven eight four five four four nine eight zero. All right. Do so you want to start? Should we start off with uh, with an article? Do you you want to start off with headlines? What do you want to do? Uh, I I just want to spend maybe. 10 minutes, maybe the rest of this uh, half hour here, uh, just kind of cautioning people uh, about the media uh, at times like this. Um, There's a distinction between news and facts uh, and opinion and hype. Okay, Uh, and they seem to have gotten pretty blended together in our world uh, in many instances, well, except for this radio show here, of course, Uh, and really because we're absolutely assaulted uh, with all this stuff, uh, I I just want to take some time and uh, try to get people to understand and maybe be able to filter, uh, you know, the nonsense away from the facts and kind of go from there. So, yeah, um, that's my goal. Um, You know, we have facts and opinion, uh, and then we have... Uh, well, fa- facts. Period. Then we have opinion and editorializing. Yeah, editorializing. And you know, what are the qualifications uh, of these financial writers, and where do they come from? Sort of a thing. So they just it, you have to make that distinction, folks. And let me give you. I have a few articles here. I, I literally picked these up this morning, Justin, but they're all over the place. Yeah. So uh, just just to begin, and you know, and again, the whole goal here is for you to filter out facts from opinion and hyping and that's really difficult these days there's not a lot of that pure factual stuff going around without some mixed in opinions and hype but anyway uh, so 
Go ahead. Just to draw a distinction there, I mean, or or just to make give an example. I mean, if you if you think about um, you know one of my favorite punching bags, cable news, uh, all of these networks call themselves news, but then if you if you actually think about them in your head, if you think about say Fox News or CNN, generally what you think about is an opinion host, right? I mean, the you know the the prime time, all the prime time shows on quote unquote news networks are sort of heavily opinion based. And so it's, it's just not so easy to draw the distinction anymore. Right. I mean, I think opinion is probably more entertaining, uh, than just, you know, a dry reading of facts. And that's why these companies, you know, put those, put those opinion hosts on, but, you know, just, you know, if, even if you just think about it in, in terms of that, it's, it's relatively straightforward and it certainly applies to the financial news as well. And that's what we're going to talk about here. Yeah. There's a high degree of difficulty in partial out the facts from somebody's opinion. Okay, so here's a Yahoo Finance article this morning. The uh, the, the columnist, I won't say financial expert, the columnist is Andrea Shalal. And, uh, and the headline is Chinese economy normalizing. That sounds pretty good, right? Yeah. Yeah, well then, but stark risks remain. Okay. Okay. You, you can't have that good news without getting you nervous about something else. Okay. Chinese economy normalizing, but stark risk remains. And and by the way, we heard at, at the news that at the top of the hour that Asia and China are seem to be getting over this hump and getting back to normal. But you know, we got to throw back in there that it you know it could hit the fan again just because you know sort of a thing. So I don't know. That's that's number one. All right. Uh, yep, okay, I like it. That's a very, that a very loaded word. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. If you want to click on it? Yep, what are those? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'd like to know what her financial uh, degrees are personally, uh, but and how many clients she takes care of in, a, in the financial world and gives advice to. But I have a suspicion I wouldn't be happy. Uh, anyway, um, this is a little different, uh, but but still uh, it, it makes a point. An uninsured, by the way, this is Yahoo News this morning. An uninsured cancer patient who tested positive for COVID-19 was billed $34,927. Wow, just for the test or for everything? Yeah, yeah. so but by the way, so what, what, what's your reaction to that, my son? Uh, that sounds unfair. That sounds un unjust. Uh, well, I, you know, I kind of guessed you about it that way. Well, who, who pays for that? And, and you know that, that's a that's a tragedy. Yeah. Is you know hospitals have to make money to survive to take care of everybody. Where, yeah. Where's that money come from? Right. And I, I assume that's probably. I can't imagine that that te that that whole entire bill was just from the COVID nineteen. I mean that that's again that's just part of the problem with just reading headlines and a lot of people. Yep. Yep. Just, are just headline surfing now, right? Because you can't read. Yep. It's not like you get the, you know, you get the Boston Globe in the morning. I mean, of course, people still do get the Boston Globe. And I, I, I didn't mean to, I'm not, I'm not Globe bashing here. But, you know, in the old days, you would get the Boston Globe and you would have a kind of a finite number of, of articles to read. And now, because they're infinite, 
uh, on on the web, what you do is a lot of people are just going through and just headline to headline to headline, and they you know you they didn't of course most people didn't read the actual story, and they didn't get into the details of you know where that bill came from and all that all that funky stuff. So yeah, but yeah, I understand. Yeah, and this is uh, and again this this is a tragedy, and I'm not trying to be unsympathetic, but uh, the theme of this is that there's a victim, and right. I, I'm sorry. Uh, you know, we see article upon article about people who are in financially difficult circumstances, m- mostly of their own making. Uh, and, uh, you know, they're kind of characterized uh, in a relatively liberal media as victims. And we should all take care of them and it's somebody else's problem sort of a thing. But it's got nothing to do with the fact that they made some financial mistakes. You know, p- parents with thousands and hundreds of thousands of dollars of college loans, they're victims. It's not It's not that they were unwise in, in doing something they couldn't afford. But that's a theme I'll come back to later on that sometime here. Okay, here's another one. I think you're getting, hang on, hang on. I think, I mean, yeah. I think you're getting caught up in, I mean, you know, those headlines are, made, are, are drawn up specifically to draw an emotional reaction, right? Yeah. So yep, yep, yep. We'll use each, we'll use you and I, as you know, we sort of fall on you know different ends of the of, say the political spectrum. You know, you read that and you have one emotional reaction to it, and I read it and I may have a different one. And yep. I, you know, yep. so like you know, if you're a, if you're a Bernie supporter, you say, oh, we need you know that's why we need Medicare for all, and right, right. Or somewhere else, you're saying, oh, well, the, you know, well, you know my, my question: why why does something like that make headline news in the country? You know, sort of a thing, but yeah, you know, that is right, yeah. yeah, it's right. Okay. It's not particularly news. It's just the yep. way to get you to click. And there, there, there you go. There you go. Okay. Uh, here's, here's a good one. I actually like this one. You ready? Okay. Uh, this is from the business section, again, of Yahoo News. I There were so many in Yahoo News this morning, I didn't have time to go anyplace else here. But anyway. All right. So, J.P. Morgan economists, advice to Congress. Don't send checks. Let the banks quickly compensate businesses so they'll hang on to their workers. Okay. Now, now we're going to see the government's bailing out Boeing and stuff like that. We're going to start seeing those kinds of, oh, the government taxpayers' dollars doing this, that, and the other thing. By the way, we'll get to some specifics about that if we have some time. But, you know, instead of a government taking two and a half months to try to figure out how to get money to particular to everybody in America who needs it, you know, where's the best place to do that? At, at the banks, where the local businesses probably have business lines and whatever and the government's basically saying we'll we'll give the money to the banks and the banks can lend it out at no interest and we can you know and people can hang on to their business and you know it's at the lowest level where you try to fix something so by the way i think that's a great article i'd read the whole thing if we had time but you know that's that's a sensible piece of news okay with with a solution that makes some sense and and there's no (laughs) there's no emotionalism in the headline if you know what i mean comments on that by the way Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I would probably right. So we could just have a political discussion this whole time. Yeah. I, I yeah. think that yeah. um, you know, there's obviously at least that's a fact. You know, that, that is sort of a fact-based news. But even that one probably is is designed to grab one, you know, grab one sort of point of view or the other, right? I mean, yeah. the, the alternative would, would you, you would say, okay, well, that's great. You're going to loan businesses money. Yeah. And someone like me would say, yeah, what, and what are they going to do with it, right? Are they going to buy back stock? Or are they actually going to keep their employees? Yeah. Uh, yep. Yeah. I mean, that's a... 
it, it's a yeah, not 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 quite as bad. I certainly understand that. At least that's a that's what one person's opinion is, and that's a, a decent. Decent, uh, decently qualified person. I'm sure the J.P. Morgan economist is uh, is a fairly um, qualified person to speak on matters of uh, of sort of economic. Yep. And, and my point is, you said it. It was selected to uh, to elicit a certain opinion. Well, so our news folks selecting things to make points in yeah. terms of where they're coming from. You know, you know, Republican, Democrat, liberal, whatever. The point is the same given the circumstances. Okay. And this is. Uh, uh, okay, a couple more. Um, th- this is uh, uh, this is from the Atlantic. I guess that's a magazine. Okay, it showed up in Yahoo News this morning. The economic trauma will outlast the pandemic. Yeah. Well, that's true. Okay, but you know, uh, let's just you know lay some more bad news on. You know, let's see. Hello, world. We are in a recession. You know, when we start closing down businesses and, and going to basic services, yes, folks, we are in a recession. Uh, and and by the way, the financial impact. By the way, somebody. You know, we're not having a great depression. Although that's a piece we'll get to a little bit later on. But the financial impact. Well, last for a while okay and there are different opinions about how that works and all that good stuff okay but yeah yeah, no kidding folks uh you know the the economies of the world will slow down uh and you know and you know that's is that like news you know and the the last piece of this i think is just kind of well mostly my opinion but you know we need recessions to shake out excesses in the economy. We've been trying to avoid one for a decade. And by the way, maybe by trying to avoid a little one, you get a real big one. Do you know what I mean? Sort of a thing. You, you, you can't mess with economic laws. Sometimes things just have to, you know, bleed out and get back to normal sort of a thing. And you've got to have some pain to do that. But no, we're, we're not into pain at all uh, as far as that goes. So anyway, economic trauma will outlast pandemic. No, no kidding. Okay. I, I'm, you know, I'm not sure that everyone, I'm, I'm not sure that's a... I think it's a fairly reasonable headline. I, I'm not sure that everyone is taking this theory as seriously, maybe as they should. Yeah. And you know, I, I for for folks who are, I will say, taking it more lightly than others, right? I mean, you yeah. have a spectrum in this country where there are a lot of folks who are who are sort of in outright panic and though you know we're going to be shut in our houses for six months and and uh, you know the economy is going to completely collapse because no one's going to work and no one's buying anything, right? That's that's sort of one end of the spectrum and the other end of the spectrum is this is no big deal it's it's like it's like the flu the flu's here all the time and and what's the what's the point of it all right yep yep you know, for, for folks who are assuming that this coronavirus will be behind us in you know a matter of weeks or months i think that's that that may well be right but i i think it's right to warn people that if you have a you know sort of a protracted time when people aren't working uh, and people aren't spending there will be potentially economic damage right I mean, there, there may yep. be companies that they go under and they don't come back. And yep. I, I think you, a preparation for that is probably a reasonable. Sure. And, and if, if you take it, uh, agreed. But by the way, I, I guess that depends what the points are of the underlying article. And, and they don't explain that and attempt to give it some perspective. It's, uh, I mean, I guess the headline is fine. What the article says, you know, is, is actually a different thing. But we'll go there. Okay, here's another one this morning. Okay. Uh, let's see. From, this is from business. Yahoo Business, I guess. America's money market industry is at risk. 
is it at risk? Uh, there's a question. Folks, uh, there's some really weird things going on in the financial markets these days. And lately, people have been selling stocks and bonds and buying cash. Uh, and there's two kinds of basically cash money market type accounts, ones that are that use government treasury bills as the basis for the underlying return, and one that uses corporate kind of, um, you know, companies as opposed to governments. And basically, this is a question, well, are America's money markets, okay, going to be in trouble? Uh, the implication is that if you're, if it's not a treasury money market fund, what's going on? Well, that's a fair question. Uh, I get the good news is the government has come out and said uh, just recently that they will back okay the non you know treasury money funds okay with FDIC insurance just so that people won't panic and t go to the mattress from there if you know what I mean so so by the way that's a that's a fair question okay and, and um, but but in the same article okay uh, in the same thing there's a video uh, and uh, the 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 video basically starts questioning whether uh, the whether the FDIC insurance is going to run out. Okay, uh, and, and so you get a headline that, yeah, you could take into a sensible explanation, but then as part of that whole piece, well, oh yeah, by the way, you know, n now that they're going to bail out and make you calm, they, they raise another point to get you nervous again. Oh, maybe there's not enough money. By the way, there's not. Okay, uh, last time I checked, uh, there's a, uh, there are 1.6 cents for every uh, hundred, uh, hundred, no, for every dollar uh, that's basically uh, insured in America. So the FDIC, you know, it's a comfort thing. You know, if we go back to the Stone Age, that's not going to help either, folks, but that's beside the point. My, my point is, you know, you could start it off with a fair question, and then you just introduce some hype about whether or not they can fund it, sort of. You know, just keep it on, just, I guess, is is the way I would say that. And then quickly, uh, last, okay, I think this is my last one. No, not yet. Okay. Distaste for, this is Yahoo Business this morning, uh, Bloomberg, I guess, clear Ballantyne and Vildana Hadrick. Okay. Distaste for stocks runs so high, even the bears are starting to run. Oh. You want to think you want to think about that? <laughs> even the bears are even the bears are starting to run. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Yeah, yeah. The bears are running scared. Okay. Yeah. 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 Like the, even the pessimists yeah. are. Uh, yeah. Are yeah. Oh, yeah. Even the guys who are supposed to be pessimistic all the time, they're getting nervous now. Okay. I, I mean, I, I don't know what I don't know what point that serves. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know how the world will be enriched or helped. Okay. With with that that comment. Okay. Yeah. Well, again, uh, and, they're, so they're not they're not trying. They are. You know, the news is not trying to help the world. That's not no. what they are. They're not, well, well, yeah. they're not a nonprofit that's trying to, you know, bring the world together and think kumbaya. They're, you know, they're trying to make money and yep. how they do it. Yeah, yeah, and then again, last, and I, this is pretty well timed, I think, with a break here. This is uh, Yahoo Business from Barron's Rashma Kapadia. Okay, March 19th, 2020. The carnage 
in emerging markets may not yet be over. Why all eyes are on China. By the way, China's factories seem to be back up and running and producing things and getting back to normal. But, you know, yeah. we can't we, we can't say, geez, you know, wouldn't it be great? We're pulling for you. We got to got to make you a little bit more nervous about we're not we're not out of the woods yet, folks. You know, we're not out of the woods yet. I mean, by the way, the, the vast majority of these articles, OK, that I'm quoting and that show up in any of these. What 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 help are they? What what actual real help and assistance are they to 99 percent of all Americans who might be reading them? Not much. You know, honestly, I don't I don't know that. You know, I know that we read the financial news and I would say that even you and I are maybe um, we're, uh, I don't even know if we're in the top one percent of, of financial news readers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, good point. But I think most people probably aren't reading the financial news. I think there's probably a very small subset uh, of Americans who kind of read it all the time. And yep. that's, that's probably what drives the fact that they have to over and over. They need to you know, come up with more and more uh, hyperbolic articles. Using yep. the word carnage. All right. Well, we're getting played off. Cindy will be. Thanks, Cindy. We'll be right back. Welcome back to McNamara on Money. My name is Justin McNamara, and we are talking about the news and volatility. Uh, lots of excitement going on in the financial world these days, and I am alongside Mike McNamara, remotely from Fort Myers, Florida. And uh, are you still there, Mike? Yeah, and just to finish up on that first little segment there, yep, not many people actually sit down and read the financial news. But if you go to just Yahoo News, you'll get an occasional business article and a headline spliced in there. If you turn on the news, okay, or if you listen to the radio, you get hit with those things, whether you're a listener or not, okay? And, and by the way, if they never get by the headline, that, that's not helpful. Do you know what I mean? Right. We're, we're exposed to them. Everybody's exposed to them. Right, and, and it's all right. And, and if you just go through the headlines, you you pick out words like uh, carnage and stark and all kinds, you know, and, and all, obliterate, all obliterated, plunge. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. If uh, anyone has any questions, uh, please don't hesitate to reach out. Our call in line is nine seven eight four five four four nine eight zero. If you're listening in the Merrimack Valley today. Uh, if you are on the South Shore, uh, shoot us an email, questions at McNamara on money, uh, or you can go to McNamaraonmoney.com and submit a question there. Okay, so uh, should, we, should we take a break from, uh, from, from news bashing for a little while to talk about the markets? Well, as long as I can do it a little bit later on, maybe. Yeah, okay. Go for, <laughs> just kidding. Let, let's, get, let's get to the educational stuff here, okay, yeah. so that hopefully a few people will uh, be somewhat comforted by the, the recent craziness in the world, okay? Yeah. So you know, I, I, I thought I would, I would throw this to you just to see what your answer is. So now we're getting from our clients, we, we often get the question, what do we think is going to happen? Uh, do you want to take a, do you want to take a shot at answering that? Or do you want to tell us what you're telling your clients about who ask you, Hey, you know, how do you think this is all going to play out with the coronavirus? Do you have any, you have any thoughts on that? Sure. So, um, so if any financial advisor in the world answers, this is what's going to happen. <laughs> people, people need to understand that that's a guess and that their guess is as probably as good as that. So, so no, our standard answer is we don't know. 
okay, uh, we think we have planned for this with your portfolio and the things we're doing with your money, okay? But by the way, if you wanted to, me to enter, uh, make a guess, and by the way, we wouldn't do anything with your money based on my guess because uh, it's my guess, I think it's probably going to, the bad market's probably going to kind of roll through. And when the virus is over the hump, I think that'll be kind of where the bottom of the market is. Uh, and then, yep, okay, uh, markets always run ahead of economies. Uh, and so I'm pretty sure that the market will be bottomed. Uh, and yep, there'll be a recession for another six months or a year after that. And, and it starts climbing, you know, even during recession. So people kind of don't understand that stock market and economy are not ever in sync and the stock market runs ahead of it. But, you know, the, 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 I, my prediction is it will get over. Nobody knows the time. We do have a recession. And if you plan for that, you're ready to deal with it. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I, I have, you know, a very similar answer, which is that you know, if, if you're asking me to Folks, guess, that's unusually. If he has a similar answer to me, I just want you to know that. No, <laughs> <laughs> well, we're not talking politics. That's, that's right. Good point. Have, but, you know, it's <laughs> like we do have a, a caller, although you know, of course, we're all remote, so I don't have the caller's name. Um, hello, caller. Hi. Are you there? Yes, I am. What can we do for you? Okay, so I contribute to a 457B, and of course, you know, it's in the stock market. And, lost a lot of value and would you still be putting money into that or would you just sort of obviously leave the money there and then pull back on making more contributions at this time like i'm not exactly sure what what people are doing yeah uh okay so you, you want to take that mic or want me to, want me to uh what, why don't you go first i'll go second by the way caller i'm sorry we didn't catch your name anna Anna, um, this is Mike, and that's Justin. He'll start, okay? And great question, by the way. Thank you. Yes, great question. So uh, our answer to that one is, and actually, how old are you, Anna, if you don't mind me I asking? am 53. Okay. Plenty of time. Plenty of time. So, yeah, our standard answer to that is <laughs> assuming you don't have concerns about your future income, you should absolutely be continuing to contribute to your 457 plan. Okay. Um, at, fi at 53, you have a lot of years, hopefully, before you're going to need that money. And, mm -hmm. you know, that makes now a much better time than a month ago to contribute to your plan, right? I mean, if you, if you just look at the S&P 500 as a, as a measure for whatever your portfolio is, and again, I don't know what you're invested in, obviously, but uh, the S&P is now 30% cheaper than it was a month ago. And so any money that you invest gets a better price than, you, than it did a month ago. So I, I know it felt better to put money into your portfolio in January, mm -hmm. um, but money that you put in now is actually going to do you uh, much more good when it comes to retirement time, right? Because okay. the, the, the assumption is the market will be up from here when you retire, and therefore any time it's down is a good time for you to invest. So Okay. Nancy, don't go away. This is Mike. Do you have a minute for me? Hello? Yes, of course. Yes. Okay. So a couple more questions. So uh, were you investing in that 457 during the 2007, 8, 9 end of the world? Yes. Okay. But and, not as much. But not oh, as much. Uh, that's okay. Because I, I wasn't making as much, so I wouldn't have been able to. That's all right. Okay. But, but did you stop or did you continue? 
I continued. Okay, and that and that worked out okay, right? Yeah, it didn't until last week. <laughs> well, <laughs> you got us there, Nancy. I mean, you got us there. But anyway, so here's here's the deal, Anna. Okay, um, we have a very we work in a very strange business. Okay, uh, I'm going to guess that uh, like most Americans, you go shop when things are on sale and discounted. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Well, guess what? When stocks go on sale and are given away at ridiculous prices, do you think people line up to buy them, or do you think they run away? Um, probably buy them, I would think. No, people run no, away. No, the opposite. Okay, there's, there's a $100 billion that left investments last week and went to cash because okay. people were nervous. Okay. Okay, and, and my point is it's very simple. Okay, stocks are a whole lot cheaper than they were a month ago or so ago. Okay, okay. And, they're, and, and you buy things when they're low. That's the easy part. But when they're low, everybody's fearful and nervous and the world's coming to an end. Yeah. So, okay. so that just, you, you, you got to listen to your brain and not your heart when, when we're okay. doing things like this. Okay. And by the way, the, the other last thing I'll say is that whenever you're putting money in regularly, you don't have to worry too much about whether you're getting a good or a bad price because it's going to average out over time. Do you know okay. what I mean? All right. Yeah. So, yep. so stick with it. Okay. And by the way, okay. if you got if you got any more money, it's time to increase it a little bit. And uh, okay. you can you can give us a call in a year or two, and we can have a good laugh about that. Okay. All right. All right. Thank you so much. Hey, Thank thanks you. for the call. Okay. Thanks. Okay. Yeah. Bye bye. Justin, you have a follow up on that? Uh, no, I think you know what. Yeah, I mean. Just in general, we were getting this question a lot too, right? We sort of, when the market drops, we tend to hear from more clients and, and obviously reach out to clients and we get, you know, kind of two separate emotions. One is the, should I really still be investing? And the other is, should I invest more? And I think in general, our recommendation is if you have extra money, now is probably not a bad time to put it to work, right? That doesn't mean that we're calling the bottom, right? And we have that discussion very clearly with clients. You know, the market is, you know, if we're talking on Friday, we'll say, you know, the market is down as defined by the S&P 500. The stock market is down 30 percent so far and it may well get worse. But if you had extra money, this is certainly potentially not a bad time to put it uh, to work. And it's, it's certainly a better time than it was to invest in mid-February. right? Yeah. And if folks are a little shaky about that, take that money and divide it up into maybe two or three or four pieces and do it monthly for the next three or four months. And if you didn't catch the bottom the first time, you might catch it the second time and buy even cheaper. But see, the, the whole thing, and, and that was a great call from Anna, the whole thing, folks, is that, that you have to deal with the fear, okay, but on, in your heart, but with your brain, they are on sale. Of course, you're only going to buy them if you think the world's not coming to an end. So that's, you know, that's a, a big leap for a lot of folks who aren't comfortable with that. But, you know, the only history we can give folks is what did you do the last time it hit the fan and the world came to an end? And if you stayed put and continued to add money, you made out better. Okay, until last week. And that's going to change again, sort of a thing. So, you know, if you think about history and, and what's happened, it makes sense. But you know, it's mighty scary out there, and the emotions get in the way for that. Let's see if we can get another call adjust. Why don't you give out that number and stuff, okay? 978-454-4980 if you're listening in the Merrimack Valley today. Uh, if you're on the South Shore, uh, listening on ATD, uh, shoot us an email, questions at com or visit com uh, to submit a question there.
Yeah, and, and one more follow-up question, a follow-up comment for Anna. Um, just about every time the world comes to an end, and by the way, it comes to an end every once in a while, and we're all still here, okay, you, you start hearing the phrase, this time it's different, okay? Uh, it's never different. It hits the fan, okay, the, 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 the process is the same. Bad news happens. What that news is, is different. Sometimes it's real estate loans and bad mortgages. Sometimes it's a medical oh, ep epidemic. Okay? Sometimes it's just stupidity in tech stocks and greed and driving up prices to the moon and being stupid. Okay, So the, the specifics of the cause are different, but the process is always the same. It's never different, okay? Markets go down because people get nervous, and when they get down, the excesses get shaken out. And then, by the way, they don't go down to even and say, no more excess. They get down even further, and they get killed, okay? And they go even lower than they're supposed to be. Right. And that's the time to step up and say, is the world really going to come to an end? And how long do I have to put this money to work? Uh, and the answer is, we haven't come to an end yet. Uh, and let's cross our fingers, and I don't think this time it's any different, folks. Okay, sorry, Just. There you go. You've done off your soapbox now. Right. Okay. Okay, I'm down. All right. Yeah, no, so I thought we'd, we'd spend some time talking about, uh, you know, kind of investment portfolios. You know, we, we should. We, this is, uh, you know, we are financial advisors. We do deal with investments, obviously. So let's spend some time uh, talking about what's happened so far this year. And I think I want to, I think I'd like to draw some conclusions about kind of our expectations going forward, right? Um, every every bear market is a little bit different, right? That, you know, they have different causes, you know, in the, the big picture, which was your point, is is generally the same, right? I mean, in the advice for getting through them is generally the same, but the specifics um, to each one do differ. And I think I'd like to run through what's happened sort of so far this year, and then, um, you know, just kind of draw some conclusion, you know, compare, compare that a bit to the past and then, uh, and then talk about what's going to happen in the future here and, and sort of our, try to set some expectations uh, for the future. So what I thought I'd do for as, now. As long as you don't get too excited about it, Justin, it's okay. You can do that. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> what I thought I'd do now is I'm, I'm just going to run through, uh, you know, we'll, we'll sort of take the, the, uh, the building blocks of a diversified investment portfolio. And again, this is not a recommendation, folks, but uh, I'm going to take the, you know, the, the asset classes, the, the piece, you know, those pie slices. If you ever looked at your 401k or, uh, or, a, um, or, a, or a graph sent to you by your financial advisor, we have these pretty little pies with different color slices. And those pie slices are all different asset classes, right? So you have your large, your large company U.S. stocks and your small company U.S. stocks and bonds and international, all that stuff. I, I'd first like to just go through the year-to-date uh, returns of all of those, and I'll do this live. I actually, I'm, I'm, I have my, uh, I have my software here that that tracks this stuff for us, and I'm just going to go through all the returns of a diversified portfolio, or at least an example of one and talk about what they are. And then after that, we'll, uh, we'll go back and sort of talk about some, some past markets as well. So the first, uh, the first asset is the S&P 500. The year-to-date return on that is negative 28.5%. Again, a bear market is, is down 20, so we are officially in a bear market here. And uh, the S&P 500, the 500 largest companies in America are down as of now year-to-date. 
28.5%, and that's as of the close yesterday. Yeah, and Justin, if you really wanted to hype that, you could take it from the February 19th high and say it's down even more. But, you know. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll just do year and date because it's easy. Yeah, yeah. I, I understand. That's the way people think. I'm just I'm just pointing out that, you know, some other play people might not do it that way. <clears throat> Uh, all right. Uh, pie slice number two. And I, I promise I'll go relatively quickly through these pie slice number two. Uh, you know, we think that we think that people should be invested in all over the world. So I have uh, the MSCI EFI, uh, European Australasian Far East Index. Uh, that's the sort of big blue chip companies uh, all around the world in the developed world, not the developing or emerging markets, the developed world. Uh, that's down 32.24% for the year. Uh, we also have emerging markets, which we should, which we'll mention. So the, the you know, used to be called third world countries. That you know, the uh, companies that are countries that are developing and sort of coming up out of uh, and, and catching up to the rest of the world as far as, as uh, their economies. Uh, that's down. Those are down thirty percent. All right. So we're pretty much the stock world is not doing so hot here. And the last one, uh, the three build the three big building blocks. Uh, of sort of the of the stock market stock market portfolio, uh, small company U.S. stocks. These have been the worst so far. Year to date return down almost 39 percent. Right. So the the stock market, uh, as you can tell by all the headlines, um, is has done lousy, and uh, and that's just sort of the way it is, and and to be expected. Okay. Yeah. Just I read this morning and I didn't know this, but the small company index. It's yep. heavy on energy companies and small yep. banks, and both of those are getting whacked. So that's just a little behind the scenes there. Energy certainly is, is getting whacked. Yeah, and smaller banks are not much in well either. So um, yeah, and and, again, and of course, uh, you know, the you know, the, if you take a look at these, um, the expectation, and this does not defy expectations at all, right? I mean, you know, the the big blue chip companies in the U.S. the S and P five hundred down twenty eight, and small companies down thirty eight. That's that's sort of to be expected, right? The upside of a small company of a small cap stock is is uh, higher than the upside of of a larger cap stock, and so it's kind of what you expect during a you know during a bear market and a sell off like the one we have. All right, now let's jump in. Um, if you're a, if you're a more conservative investor, you probably have some bonds in that portfolio. So I'll put in the iShares. For U.S. aggregate bond fund, this is a proxy for the the bond market. Obviously, you, you can't just own the bond market because there are you know there are you know hundreds of thousands of bonds out there, so you can't own all of them. Uh, and what companies do is they'll sort of they'll sample the universe, put together a portfolio that they think represents that. So this is the you know this is like the the, the bond market in the United States. You want to take a guess at what the total return for that is for the year to date? Zero. It is negative one point six seven percent. Hey, that's not supposed to be that way, Justin. That doesn't work yeah. that way. <laughs> I know. Uh, I'll th- I'll throw on uh, Treasury inflation protected securities, so TIPS, uh, which which are bonds that uh, you get a, you get a return that is adju- you know your principal is adjusted as inflation rises, and you get your interest payment over and above that. Those are also negative, and these are government-backed bonds. Tips are uh, that's a negative 0.5 percent return year to date. And finally, I'm even going to throw gold in there. 
so you can buy gold. Uh, I'm just, you know, this is just one example. Uh, State Street runs the Spider Gold Shares, the GLD purchase, which owns physical gold. Year to date, GLD. You want to guess on that one? Um, plus three. Nope. Negative two. <laughs> no place to hide this this year, folks. No right. place to hide. Yeah. So we're. I mean, we're in a. Um, we're just. I want to point out that we're in a market that's that's really there's nothing that's made money year to date. I mean, yes, of course there are, but we're talking about sort of the big major building blocks and major asset classes uh, here, and none of them so far are positive. And I think, you know, the point that I wanted to make is that we're in some volatility now, and I think that we probably want to have our listeners and our clients get used to some volatility, right? In, in the good old days. And so, I, you know, I, I don't have a, I don't have full portfolio numbers for all of these asset classes uh, because they're just, they're harder to get. And uh, we don't have index data that goes all the way back to 1950 for, for everything. Um, but I, I did take a look at the last couple of bear markets. Uh, and I'm going to go all the way back to 2000 and, I, I just did a very simple portfolio of the S&P 500 index and then the Barclays U.S. aggregate bond index. Okay. And so I, so I, how far did you go back, Josh? I went to, I'm, just, I'm just going back to 2000. 2000. I, yeah, okay, so got it. What we're going to yeah. do is we're going to look at um, we're going to look at the index at those two indexes. A very simple, you know, a, a very simple balanced portfolio, right? 60/40 is kind of the classic moderate or balanced investment portfolio. And all I did was I, I went back to 2000. Um, and so in, in the case of uh, what we call the tech bubble, I ran the numbers from August 2000 to April 2003, which was you know a fairly long bear market. From that time, the stock market was down, between those two dates, the stock market, as measured by the S and P 500, was down 40 percent. Now that's not an, that's not an annualized number. That's a, that's an absolute number. It went down 40 percent. Okay. You would you like to guess at the bond market return over that time? The, the, the total return? Uh, five. No, not 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 annualized. Remember, it's a couple of years. So you oh, give a couple of years. Um, 18. 28 percent. Wow. There you go. The bond market during the tech bubble was up 28% even while the, the S&P 500 was down 40. And so what, what you had, you know, if you had a diversified portfolio there of stocks and bonds, you were looking at your stocks drop, understandably, and hopefully you weren't, you know, in, in the NASDAQ and a bunch of tech stocks, because then it, it certainly would have been worse than 40. But if that was the case, you, and, and you had a bunch of bonds in the portfolio, they did relatively well, right? And, you know, part of that is because interest rates were higher and people, you know, were, were rushing to, you know, would, would rush to bonds. And then, you know, those, the, the prices would go up even as interest rates dropped. And so it really provided some ballast in your portfolio. And you didn't do all that bad if you had that balanced portfolio and it, and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't so bad. Right. That, that diversification thing. That's diversification, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and so let's, and, and we're going to fast forward now to the 2007 to 2009 bear market, all right? And I'll pull out these dates. 
and it's October 2007 I used, so October 1st, 2007 to March 1st, 2009. All right, so not, you know, not quite, you know, maybe a year and a half or so. And during that time, the S&P 500 was down 52%. You want to guess at the total return of the bond market? Who to do, 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 24. Nope. Seven. Almost uh, done. Holy cow. Yeah. Yeah, right. And so we were starting with, you know, we were starting with lower interest rates, obviously, because interest rates have been on a, you know, sort of on a, on a downslide ever since, what was it, the 80s, maybe even the 70s. Yep. I, my, uh, my institutional knowledge doesn't go back that far. So. <laughs> you weren't paying attention. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so interest rates were lower. And so the bond market it held up, but it did not give you the same kind of boost in the 2007 to 2009 bear market as it did in the previous bear market. And of course, and then, you know, those numbers for this, I mean, I, and I took the numbers from February 19th um, until, the, until now. We had negative 32% of the S&P 500, and the bond market in that time is negative two. And so you've actually lost money in your high-quality bond holding, which is, again, not ideal and, and not, not historically what had happened. And it's just it's the kind of thing where I, I think probably, you know, the point I'm trying to make is we should probably get used to the fact that, there's, you know, when we have sell-offs, and certainly, you know, sell-offs that are kind of global financial events, you probably want to get used to more volatility than we used to. Do you have any comments? And that's, on that? Yeah, that's because we don't have the protection in bonds that we had when rates were higher, basically. Yeah, it's it's it now. You know, what what happens now is. Uh, you know, the Fed has, you know, in an effort to, you know, to boost the economy and, and a lot of people would argue to boost the stock market, the Fed, you know, what, what it does primarily is it cuts interest rates, right? You know, we, gone are the days when we were, you know, this isn't, uh, um, this isn't like the, the 40s after the war where we're, we're doing massive uh, infrastructure projects to boost the economy. Um, for the most part, that doesn't happen. You don't get a lot of stimulus in, in the form of spending from the government. Uh, what you do get is the Fed trying to fight off recession and trying to boost the markets by cutting interest rates. And you just can't realistically go that far, right? Interest rates are down close to zero now. They can't, and, and that that creates an issue with bonds because there's just not, you know, you, you don't get a boost in those earnings. You don't get a boost in those share prices. Uh, the same way you used to when interest rates were at, uh, you know, five or six or seven percent. Um, just let me quickly I get on my downer. Uh, no, I'm going to give an upper here. I need to get on my soapbox here before the break is comes. OK, so folks from March 9th, 2009 to February 18th, 2020. OK, the. Upward volatility of the S&P 500 was 400%. The stock market virtually quadrupled in the last 10 years. So, by the way, volatility, folks, is a double-edged sword. You don't get paid unless we have upward volatility. Nobody has a problem with that, Just right? Stock market went up by four times. 400% upward volatility. The message is you have to deal with the temporary, scary, downward volatility. That's why you get 
paid, folks. No volatility, no money. Right. Yeah. And, and yeah. And, yes. And I think you know my point is that that is that volatility is probably going to be exacerbated relative to to you know most people's memories, right? I yep. Mean, even, yep. In a, even in a market here where the stock market is you know quote unquote only down about thirty percent. I just we have some examples, some sort of very simplified investment portfolios here that I that I sort of track. A conservative portfolio is that's only forty percent in the stock market is down over fifteen percent, which is historically not what you would hope for, but uh, it's just sort of the reality that we're in now. And it looks like uh, that is the music. But we will we're playing us off. We will be right back. 